Otter as well in goal. How did he do on oh, Thursday? Yeah, he, he, he's been playing brilliantly all season in goal for us. Yeah, well, and that's... I think um, it's it's really beneficial for us to have a goalkeeper mm. that's A, good at shot-stopping and B, really good with his feet. Mm. And he is particularly good, right, at, yeah, at distribution and yeah. also, you know, he gets the ball... I mean, I've watched it momentarily and sort of from my kind of limited uh, perspective for, oh, wow, is he really doing that in his own box? But maybe is that is that the way football's now played? Is that the way you're coached to play by Mr. Morris and Fauzi? Well, I think um, I think he's, he's obviously he's really good with his feet, but yeah. you know, and we have training, training sessions on Monday, so mm. whenever he gets the ball, I mean, he, he can get past maybe... Mm. One or two players with with ease. Mm. He's done that in, in matches as well. So it's it's obviously really helpful. Mm-hmm. And and in terms of the kind of um, footballing ethos or approach that you guys are being coached, are you being coached like how to improve technically as players, or is it all about getting results and winning games, um, or a bit of both? Gone. How to Sigura. improve technically? Yeah. How to improve as a team as well? Yeah. All of that. Yeah. Yeah. And do you find it helpful to have, you know, like a proper Bryanson coach like Mr. Morris and then also someone from outside? Like, do you get on well with Fauzi? Is he a helpful coach, I imagine? Fauzi's really Yeah, good. we love Fauzi. Yeah. 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 What does he bring in terms of, of, in terms he, of expertise? He, I know he's, for those listeners who don't know him. He's, he's played for Bournemouth. Yeah. And I think he plays non-league now. But yeah. Obviously, he brings that professional top-level top experience. Mm-hmm. I think it's really helpful for us. Mm-hmm. There's a certain side of the game where maybe we haven't really explored yet, yeah. perhaps yeah. Uh, more tactically, and I yeah. think he really helps us with that. Yeah. Okay, so we'll come back to this. Then let's reflect on what happened on Saturday. So you must be feeling really buoyant after a big home win, but then going away to Millfield, obviously famously an excellent all-round sports uh, school, very strong at football as well. Boys, how was that, like the experience showing up there and, and winning 3-0? Yeah, I mean, we played their B team, but winning 3-0 against them was a very good win on the score sheet. Yeah, yeah. Go on, why was it, what was so good about it, Sakura? I mean, it's it Millfield, they are yeah. very good at sports. So yeah. I think most of the boys, we didn't really think we would win, but going on and playing very well and winning was yeah. very good for us. Yeah, and we should just clarify for our listeners, I mean... Playing Millfield B team is not like sort of playing Sherbourne B team. This is like Millfield's A team play. Probably, well, Mr. Morris, correct me if I'm wrong, but I imagine they play some sort of academy teams. Yeah, so Millfield's A team do play against academies, play against Bristol City, yeah. um, Brentford, people like that. And then their B team playing against every other sort of top top private schools, A teams. Yeah. So, um, and they have beaten nearly every other one they played this season. So I know they beat Sherbourne's A 7-1. Okay. Um, so that's what puts it into perspective what the boys did on Saturday. Okay, and before I get them to blow their own trumpets, what, what was your what was your highlight or what was, what were you most happy about as the coach on Saturday? Um, I think if you t- take the scoreline out of it, like if, if you just watched the game, we completely dominated them. Um, if we'd have had statistics made from the game, um, the possession stats would have been hugely in our favour. Um, all the football was played sort of in Millfield's half. Whenever we, whenever they had the ball, we won it back really quickly, and we didn't panic on the ball, um, and just completely out footballed them, um, mm. and just played some really really nice football. Um, and again, like the boys have said there, that we're not like a, a a physical brutal side. We do play 
really, really good football, and they just completely out outclass Millfield. Mm. And I mean, if you look at your you guys' results recently, I mean, you've had f- three massive wins. I mean, to win to beat Sherborne, Winchester, and Millfield all in a row is a great run of results, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I sort of couldn't be proud of them having taken yeah. them over sort of about a month ago now. Um, it's been a been a great sort of great journey with them. So. Yeah, it's been really impressive to go sort of the, those rose results back to back. Um, hopefully, finish the season off well against Blanford School next mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and boys, so uh, who got on the score sheet? Zakora, do you want to have a little <laughs> chat about some goals, maybe? <laughs> yeah, it was three 0 in the match. I scored a hat trick in that. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think. Were they tappings, uh, Louis? Oh, ab- absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> absolutely not. There um, we go. I think obviously Zakora's probably one of the fastest players in our squad. Yeah. And Against Millfield, we really use that to our, our advantage. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, so through balls over the top. Yeah. For him to chase onto. Yeah. And obviously. Were you? Did you provide any assists or? Uh, I think I provided one or two. Nice. Um, yeah. So. And in terms of your playing role, Louis, do you? Where are you? Are you sort of a, a central midfielder or? Yeah. So um, in recent games, I've I've been playing as a number ten. Yeah. Um, okay. I think. I can defend, I can attack. Yeah. I think I'm, I play better when I can, you know, make runs and and, mm. and help help Zakora out. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and but you enjoy also tracking back and making tackles if yeah, needs yeah, be as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So boys, I mean, we're drawing to the end of your, and it, I mean, it seems like this time's gone so quickly, but we're drawing to the end of your first kind of Bryanston football season. What have you made of it in general? Have you enjoyed playing as a, as a group? Uh, yeah, I think. Obviously, it's our, it's only our first term. Yeah. Um, but I think, looking at where we started, I think we've made so much progress as a team. Yeah. Um, I think, obviously, we're playing really, really good football. Yeah. But I think, once once we, we you know, maybe we're in B in a, in a couple of years time, and mm. maybe we we're, we're a lot more physically mature. Yeah. I think we can be a really. A Oh yeah, I mean, I'm sure like the the head of football and the first team coaches will be looking forward to, yeah, getting getting working with you guys later on. I mean, um, in terms of in terms of off season, are you going to be trying to like get together at all and work as a group in terms of any stuff, or is it sort of like leave the put park the football boots away and come back to it? next spring or is there any hope of doing maybe ECAs or stuff well there is football ECA next term okay. and I'm going to get involved in that and a lot of the other footballers in our A team are going to do that as well Yeah. and I think most people in our A's we all love football anyway so yeah. we won't really put our football boots away but we'll practice all throughout the year until the football season comes back and yeah. Even better than before. Yeah, because I mean, if I'm just looking at the the, I'm looking. At, I've got it up on socks at the moment. I mean, the end results are played nine, or, or well, there's still one to go. But played nine, played eight, then one. Well, no, played nine, one four, drawn two, lost three. But I mean, if you look at the second half of the season, it has been pretty much entirely positive. In fact, you've been unbeaten since half term, with a draw against Paul Grammer, a win against Sherborne. Wins against wins uh, draw against uh, Gillingham wins Winchester and Millfield, um, so you've been on quite a journey it seems. Mr. Morris, have you enjoyed working with these guys, and are you hopeful about their future potential? Yeah, absolutely. It's been my my first um, my first term coaching football, um, so it's been a completely new experience to me. Um, 
but yeah, no, I'm really hopeful for these guys going forwards, and it's gonna be really exciting to see where they are. Like Louis said, in, in B, and also in when they get into the sixth form, and they are that, that sort of that core of the first team. Um, they're gonna be a really, really, really great side to watch, and I think they could be sort of the flagship side for Bryanston football going forwards. Obviously, it's only our first year of being a main sport of Bryanston, and I, I know that um, Mr. Foster is extremely sort of hopeful on these boys, and I think they're only gonna get better going forward. So it's gonna be a really exciting time for Bryanston football. Well, and on that note, we'll probably just talk a little bit more broadly about uh, Bryanson Sport before <laughs> having a little chat about Prem- the Premier League, if these boys are happy to have a little chat about that. Yeah. yeah? So we'll, we'll, So in terms of what else has been going on in Bryanson Sport at the moment, as well as our under-14As, it's worth shouting <laughs> out about our under-14B <laughs> football team, who had a monumental win uh, against Millfield on Saturday, uh, a 9-4 win. Uh, with Ralph uh, scoring seven. I mean, that's definitely worth some kind of accolade. Um, netball, it was a good day uh, for girls' netball. Uh, there were a couple of games postponed, but big wins for the first team and the second team against Bruton, and also, again, in the under-14 uh, A's and B's. Um, and there's been some very good things going on in Sevens Rugby uh, recently as well. Big success on Sunday um, uh, and several uh, good performances recently. Um, okay, so we will um, leave Bryanson Sport for a moment now and we're going to move on to talking a bit about world sport. We're going to focus this section on basically Premier League football uh, before chatting a bit of Six Nations rugby uh, and a bit of world cricket. Um, Prem- the Premier League, uh, and I'm going to come to Mr Morris on this first because it is certainly a happy uh, time uh, to be an Arsenal fan. Mr Morris, can you say once and for all that it is now uh, your title to lose at the moment? with uh, a five-point lead over Manchester City? Um, I think it is it is, it is our size to lose now, um, especially after the way we played against Fulham at the weekend. Um, it's arguably the best. The first half was arguably the best, best we've played all season. Um, and we just went into cruise control in the second half and didn't really even need to really play. Hmm. Um, still came up 3-0 winners. Um, Trossard from your club, Brighton, has been a great signing for us. And yeah. he sort of reminds me of like sort of like that... Like the prime sort of Wenger type player, yeah. which is such a technical player, mm-hmm. um, just so pleasing on the eye. Um, I remember being on the show at the start of the season um, amongst some other United fans. I think it was, and they I said that we could we could win the league, and we were playing the best football in the league. And I got um, I got uh, a fair amount of stick for yeah. that for that. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I remember backing myself at that point and saying, "No, look, this is, we are playing proper football. We could go the way." Um, and it seems to be that um, I've improved right at the moment. So hopefully we can go the way. We've got a few few tough fixtures in the, in the running. We've got Liverpool away, yeah. Newcastle away and yeah. City away, um, which could be could be huge. But City got to play Liverpool as well and, and, and they look like they could drop points at any moment at the moment. So um, yeah, it's a great time to be an Arsenal fan. Yeah, boys, what do you reckon about this? Have you been following the Premier League recently, Eve? Have you? I know Sakura uh, has, yeah. Louis. Yeah, I'm an Arsenal fan. Oh, you're an Arsenal <laughs> fan, perfect. So, what, 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 are, you, are, you, are you hopeful or are you fearing oh, a last I'm, minute collapse? I'm, I'm very hopeful. Very obviously. hopeful. Um, we've played really good football all yeah. season. Yeah. Um, we've lost very few matches, yeah. especially in the league. Yeah. Uh, so, I think, yeah, as Mr. Morris said. Frossard has been Fantastic. exceptional signing. Yeah, very good player. Com- comparing him to Mudrick, who we yeah. might have signed. <laughs> yeah, for a um, lot more money. I think yeah. Mudrick's been... He's, he's had a, a torrid time at Chelsea. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think 
Trossard he's, he's, he's such a good player yeah. and I think with such a young side that Arsenal have I think he, with his experience it's obviously really helpful and have you been an Arsenal fan all your life or uh, pretty much yeah. yeah so this so I mean you've never known it's so good right this is the first oh, yeah, I mean yeah. really the I first mean, time <laughs> in your life that Mo- Arsenal I mean because when I, I was your age I mean when I was a bit younger uh, Arsenal were always there or thereabouts and they obviously did have a superb run uh, about 20 years ago now but yeah, since I mean, in recent years it hasn't been as rich pickings really yeah from. I mean from what 2016 mm-hmm. it's sort of been I feel like a slow downfall mm. from you know Champions League to mm. not even not even performing in the Europa League but I think I think this season um, Arsenal have really really kicked it up and um, Zakora, you're a United fan. Uh, been a, it's sort of been a bit of a crazy recent run of games, right? I mean, uh, are we going to talk about that Liverpool drubbing? I mean, what, what was... Because, I mean, you know, Ten Hag has seemingly had a good, generally a positive influence and things have been going well, right? Uh, but just a little bit of inconsistency still remains. I think... Ten Hag has brought a lot to this club and I think Liverpool, it, although 7-0, it's just a minor setback. Yeah. Yeah. And of course we have won a cup this season, we won the Carabao Cup and I think we can win um, the FA Cup and the Europa League as well. Even after the 7-0 loss to Liverpool, we did bounce back and win 4-1 against Real Betis in mm. the Europa League. Mm-hmm. And although our last game we drew to Bournemouth, I think that we can still do well in the season. Yeah. And of course, Rashford, he's had an amazing year. And Bruno's been great as well. Yeah. And the rest of our players have been good. So I think... Liverpool was just a minor setback, but we can do well this season. Yeah, no, and I mean, it, I would agree with that. In the and you have played a hell of a lot of football, right? With all the with all the cups you're still in, the Europa League, right, and the and the Premiership. I mean, it's a these these players. I mean, they get paid very well, as we all know. But I mean, it is it, it is tough to keep performing day in day out, Mr. Morris. I mean, the top four currently: Arsenal, City, United, Spurs. Could you see it remaining like that, or are you envisaging a change up there? Could you see maybe Newcastle or Liverpool sneaking in? Maybe even the Seagulls currently hits uh, <laughs> lurking in seven. I mean, Brighton do have I think it's three games in hand on fourth place. Yeah, we do. Moment, which in and they are nine points behind. So obviously they win all three. Yeah. Then uh, they will leapfrog Spurs, and I can't see Spurs finishing the top four at the moment. Yeah. Um, they're just so inconsistent and play mm-hmm. horrible football. Um, <laughs> so I think it'll be spoken like a true gunner. I think it will be either Newcastle or Liverpool that finish fourth. I yeah. think Liverpool will. I, I just I just can't see them. Not clinching fourth over Newcastle. I think, it's, I think it's a season too early for Newcastle, and I think the Europa, the Europa League would be a great step for Newcastle. Um, I'd love to see Brighton get in the Europa League as well. Um, obviously, at the expense of Spurs, that'd be lovely. But mm-hmm. um, I think I think Brighton may get into the Conference League, and I think Spurs and, Newca- and Spurs and Newcastle will go into the Europa League. Yeah, well, the, the, in, an interesting take there, and I, I probably agree. Let's look down the bottom of the table, uh, gentlemen. So currently, it's very, it's very close down there. Basically, we've got probably from Crystal Palace in twelfth on twenty-seven points to uh, Southampton on twenty-two points, bottom of the table. Currently, our bottom 
three are, are Bournemouth, Leeds uh, and Southampton. Although Bournemouth have had a couple of big results recently, as of Leeds and Southampton. I mean, Mr. Morris, can you who are you who are you calling at the moment as shoe ins for relegation, or could it be any of those teams in the um, bottom half of the table? Really, I think it's it's going to be one of the best relegation races yeah. in in recent history. With as they say, from twelfth downwards, yeah. anyone can go down. Really, um, as someone born and bred in Dorset, it'd be it wouldn't be nice to see Bournemouth go down. But I think yeah. I do think Bournemouth will go down. I think it's Southampton's time as yeah. well. I think they've been in the league a long time, and they've, in my lifetime, anyway, been they've been all the way down to League One in my lifetime. So they've, I think they'll, I think it's time for Saints to go. And I've had a hunch on Wolves all season. I don't think they score enough goals. Yeah. Um, Leeds, Ellen Road's a horrible place to go, um, and lots of teams tend to struggle at Ellen Road. So I think Leeds will just stay up. Yeah. But I think it'll be Bournemouth, Southampton, and Wolves. That end up going down. Yeah, I saw that because Leeds played Brighton on the weekend, and I saw that Patrick Bamford's goal that he yeah. scored. There was something like the first goal he scored. Yeah, he, he, if, if, he if he can stay fit, he's huge for Leeds. But yeah, I mean, so without him, they're they're really going to struggle. One team I would put in there. I mean, West Ham. They mm. must be David. They're Morris the classic. Too good to go down, aren't they? They're too good. They're way too good <laughs> to go down. But I mean, they they just this season they just have not got going no. at all. Um, David Moyes seems to really be on his last legs as yeah. a manager there. Boys, have you been following the relegation battle recently or have you been looking mostly up the top of the table? Well, obviously, as an Arsenal fan. <laughs> yeah, um, nowhere to look above. Uh, yeah, th- there's, <laughs> yeah, there's only a certain place where you can look. But um, <laughs> yeah. I have been you know, looking at the table, watching yeah. Yeah. match it, of the day. Do you have any picks as potential... Teams you probably like you don't you probably don't feel like you need to see in the Premier League anymore. Yeah, as as Mr. Morris said, I think I think um, I think Bournemouth will go down. Okay. I just don't think they, that they've got. There'll be some coaches at Bryanston who'll be pretty sad about <laughs> that. But yeah. obviously they've got they've got a really good coach. Yeah. Um, I think his name's O'Neill. So yeah, uh, Gary O'Neill. Gary O'Neill. Yeah, yeah. but um, I, I just don't think that they have enough enough players of of that star quality to play in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think Southampton yeah. go down as well. Yeah. But um, yeah. I, I, I have a feeling that Leeds might go down. Yeah. I mean, Ban- Bamford, first star striker, he hasn't really been performing mm. for the past almost two years, really. And yeah. I think um, there's a good chance that, that that's going to stay the same. And I think if, if he doesn't, if he doesn't step up big time for Leeds, they're going to be in big trouble. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to come to Zakora for the final word on football. Zakora, as a fairly neutral uh, person here in terms of, I mean, you're not, you, you know, you don't have an Arsenal bias. Who are you going to, who are you seeing who, as who's going to win the Premier League? Who are you backing to win the Premier League from here? Um, well, earlier this season, I was really hopeful that we had a chance. Yeah, but the, we, he means United, by the way, people who are not <laughs> yeah. going to win it now. But yeah. Um, but looking now, I don't think we stand much yeah. of a chance yeah. anymore yeah. with Arsenal just yeah. keep on winning and winning. Yeah, so you're calling Arsenal for the win, or I think, Arsenal for the title? I think Arsenal will do it. Yeah, OK. Unless City somehow yeah. just leap ahead yeah. in the last stages. Yeah, OK. But I think the top three will be looking like at the end of the season, Arsenal, City and United. Yeah. And I will be happy to take top three, actually. Yeah, absolutely. And potentially, you know, the United have still got well, an FA Cup uh, and a Europa League 
to yeah. play out for. So, yeah, potentially, a, you know, a, a, a good season for United as well. Right, gentlemen, on that note, let, worth saying also there are a couple of Champions League games going on. Um, uh, FC Porto are currently drawing with uh, Inter Milan. Uh, that's aggregate nil one to Inter Milan. And Manchester City have had a great first half at the Etihad against RB Leipzig. They are two nil up, which gives them a three one aggregate. So uh, potentially uh, uh, um, uh, silverware in Europe for them if they don't pip. Uh, Arsenal. We're going to play a quick song and when we get back we're going to have a quick uh, wrap up of uh, Six Nations Rugby uh, and a preview of Super Saturday um, and then we'll be talking some cricket. We'll be back in a few minutes people.
And welcome back after that lovely bit of Led Zeppelin, but we weren't going to play it all because uh, people who know that song know it's a bit of an epic and it does go on uh, a fair bit. The time is uh, coming up to 8.50. Uh, you're listening to Bry Radio uh, Sports Talk. Uh, we're going to talk a quick bit of rugby now, um, uh, but we are also joined by some cricket pundits, so we won't be leaving them too long. Uh, Hugh. Um, coming into the final week of the Six Nations. By the way, guys, Hugh has been running the tech all evening, so doing a great job. He's now going to talk some sport, though. Um, who's going to win this championship, first of all? Um, and what do you make of the games uh, that we've just seen over the past weekend? Yeah, firstly, Ireland are going to win. They're okay. really far ahead. They've got, I think, 20 points in uh, four matches, so they've got a bonus point in every match, and they've just looked incredible they absolutely dispatched Scotland everyone was thinking oh Scotland this could be the upset they they're off to Murrayfield Stuart Hogg's 100 cap but no they've got uh, yeah absolutely destroyed and um, now it's looking like it's gonna be a St Patrick's Day Grand Slam against uh, an England who did not look too good at the weekend to be honest yeah okay um, and what were your takeaways from Le Crunch I mean was that France playing exceptionally or should England fans uh, be pretty worried about the state of the uh, the union is in at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I'd say a bit of both. Um, France are obviously exceptional, one of the one of the best teams in the world. Them versus Ireland, it, that that is definitely a game that everyone would be wanting to watch. But um, yeah, England they had flashes were all the right. Some of the kicking was pretty good. Freddie Stewart, as usual, was sound at the back. But I'm not quite sure that um, Steve Borthwick's had the impact they thought that he would. Mm, they've, they've sacked Eddie Jones they're thinking well World Cup year coaches come in they have an impact it's really not happened it's, yeah it's just not working there had definitely hasn't been that kind of uh, honeymoon period kind of new coach uh, bounce back period or whatever you describe it that we often see in sort of football for example has there yeah and that happened with Eddie Jones as well they had a, a year and a half unbeaten um, mm. when Eddie Jones came in after yeah he the, won the Grand Slam yeah, straight away after the Torre 2015 World Cup but um it, what he was doing in theory was is getting there. He first week he got the line out sorted, then he got the scrum sorted, and then you were sort of thinking of the defence, the attack, the kicking is getting there. But then on um, on Saturday we just saw how big the gap really is between France and Ireland and the rest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, France are just absolutely clinical, um, so good at taking the points. 
and they yeah they were just ruthless absolutely um ripping in an apartment have they got an opportunity yeah absolutely i mean uh, remind me of the name of the french fullback who was just so solid all game long and kicked all his goals really well yeah thomas thomas ramos um, france have seemed to have three fullbacks just come from nowhere some of them from the second division of french rugby and they're all incredibly solid massive boots kick goals mm. And they also got some flair and attack. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, for Wales, some glimmers of hope, or is that something that are we are we are we are you are you overly celebrating about a win versus Italy, or is it actually genuinely something to to take some positives from? Yeah, I I wouldn't be too um, happy to be honest. Like, I, obviously, I'm delighted that there's been a victory, but I'm not too optimistic for facing France the weekend. We saw what they did to England, and you probably got to expect the same um it, it was a lot better the attack has some shape yeah. the defense was slightly more structured it, italy were missing some players but to hold out an attack managed by pa- paolo garbisi is really quite impressive uh reese webb really ran the show but then that was also against italy and you'd expect someone like um kieran hardy to do the same thing or thomas williams who's the best scrum half in nine he could do an exceptional job, but the game plan is not suited for him. And I would say that if Owen Williams is going to be the man at 10, play a nine, he'll suit him and build the team around him. Mm-hmm. I mean, so the Super Saturday, the back-to-back three fixtures, we got Scotland Italy up first. I mean, it's Italy's, again, sadly for them, their sort of chance really to prove that they're, they're, they're kind of worth their place in the championship again. I mean, I know it comes up every year and I know they do show signs of improvement. I mean, this year people were genuinely thinking they might beat Wales. Um, followed by France, Wales. I mean, could you see your boys going to um, going going away uh, to Paris and winning potentially? Um, to be honest, no. You'd love to think so, but yeah. it's... France, they, you know exactly what they're going to do. They're, they're going to be aggressive in defence. They're going to win the ball over. They're going to beat you back into your own half. And then once they get the ball, they're going to be clinical and score. And so Warren Gatlin knows what he's going to be up against. But to be honest, I don't think there's much that can be done about it. Yeah. Uh, I think at this point, it's all just focus for the World Cup. Try and build your structures and try and at least get to the semi-final. Yeah. And then are we calling that five o'clock kickoff then sort of Ireland's victory lap at the Aviva, essentially? Or... Could England cause a last-minute upset and slightly spoil the party? It's always Ireland versus England. That's always a big match, and it is the the players are going to have to get up to it because they've had a really disappointing Six Nations. And to try and spoil, trying to spoil Ireland will be a big motivation. Um, And France will be France will be hoping for that. But I really, you can't see past Ireland. They, they two hookers were injured, and they made the tactical decision to put a prop in a hooker. And then have a flanker thrown at the lineouts, and they did it perfectly. Everyone knows their roles. It's, yeah. it's so smooth. Yeah. Well, there we go, people. That's what you should be doing Saturday afternoon if you're remotely interested in rugby. Find yourself behind a TV and settle in to watch three massive international matches. We're going to move on and talk. Well, we're, we're coming to the end of the rugby season. We're getting gently towards now uh, the cricket season, although it doesn't feel like it there at the moment. Um, we've got two pundits in. We've got Rannock. Welcome to the show, Rannock. Hello. Uh, welcome, and we got Kingsley as well. Hello, Kingsley. Welcome to the show. Hello. So these two are becoming quite regular pundits. They certainly, uh, well, ran it, appeared uh, uh, four weeks ago, and Kingsley two weeks ago. Boys, have you been following much of the recent developments in international cricket recently? Um, well, yeah, a little bit. Uh, Keeping one eye on it. 
yeah obviously we've been having our GCSEs and everything yeah, yeah but, absolutely um, yeah m- most of the matches like the Australia series have been quite quite early in the mornings so yeah it's been hard but yeah over the, over the weekend I did I did keep an eye on it yeah well Rannick let's come to you first and talk a bit of Sri Lankan cricket because yeah. I don't know again I don't know how much of this you got to actually see mm-hmm. but uh, one of the you know one of the we've had so many great test matches in the last couple of years but th- yeah. this was surely up there uh, in terms of uh, a test match uh, against New Zealand uh, this was being played at uh, where was it I'm gonna, Hagley Oval. at the Hagley Oval uh, and it came down to an absolute kind of masterclass yeah. uh, from uh, Kane Williamson to mm-hmm get over the line and it, it's very rare but correct me if I'm wrong I believe this test match went down to the final ball yeah, am I, mean, I right about that? Yeah, zero balls left that's what it says I mean um, yeah it was it was absolutely amazing I was I watched a little bit of it but I did see like the last couple of balls and and uh, it, it seemed to have been an, like a thriller last ball kind of um, yeah it was an amazing game I guess yeah and I mean yes ultimately a New Zealand win but mm-hmm. actually for this current Sri Lankan test side to go away in some of the most hostile conditions, right, and really, really compete, you must be quite happy as a Sri Lankan. Yeah, definitely. A lot of positives to take from that. Yeah. I mean, to play against um, a cricketing nation like New Zealand and to get that close is, tells something about the improvement that we've made with like the new changes in personnel yeah. in the cricket team as well. So, um, yeah, uh, good batting, good bowling, fielding, yeah. uh, and captaincy from Dimuth Karnaratna as well. So, yeah. yeah. Tell me a little bit about these Sri Lankan seamers, because I don't really know much. But what about Kasun Rajita, Asita yeah. Fernando, and Lahiro Kumara? Are they a decent yeah. seam attack? Because yeah. obviously in New Zealand, you're going to need like good Red Bull uh, skilled seamers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Lahiro Kumara is like a really quick bowler. He bowls, yeah. he bowls rockets. Uh, well, in Sri Lanka and evidently in New Zealand as well. But, um, yeah, so is Kasun They've all been there for a while. And yeah. I guess the selection was based off the fact that they've had a lot of experience playing with the national team. So, yeah. yeah. And I guess on the batting front, it's great to see some of your bigger, bigger guns like Kusil Mendes, Angelo Matthews, yeah. Chandamar and Dan and Jay De Silva step up and mm-hmm. show their, you know, they're not, they're not necessarily regarded as absolute greats yeah. of the Sri Lankan game in terms of the era that preceded them but they're they're on their day they're a good batting unit right yeah definitely I mean it shows on the scorecard and it's nice to see a player like Angela Matthews come back and, and score a hundred occasionally I mean he, he usually does that but um, it's, it's nice to see his name up there as well yeah I mean the England fans know he's a phenomenal player yeah. cause he's scored he's scored plenty of, of big runs uh, in England as well in the past so there's another test match in that series uh, coming up over the weekend. Yep. I mean, are you quietly hopeful that maybe yeah. maybe Sri Lanka might be able to squeeze a result and even it up? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, we don't have a chance at the World Test Championship final anymore because yeah. India squeezed through. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, test cricket is always something to play for. So definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Kingsley, did you watch any of this game? Did you keep an eye on it at all? Um, a little bit. I wasn't hugely involved in it. But okay. I was. I did enjoy the Kane Williamson. Kane yeah. Yeah. You, have you have you watched much Kane Williamson's batting over the years? Uh. Yeah. A fair bit. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I just think and Hugh, you can come in on this. Like, I mean, he's not. 
I don't, for some reason in my, in my mind, I don't quite put him in the same bracket as Steve Smith and Virat Kohli, yeah. but I mean, he's on he's his quite day, consistent. he's such he's quite, a good player. He's quite consistent on his big performances. Yeah. He just, yeah, he just goes around quietly averaging 40 plus in every format. He's not got the flash or mm. I think New Zealand is sort of, it's a big cricket nation, but it, you don't get the media attention that you do if you're in the big three. So like Virat Kohli is... He's such a big player, and you kind of feel Baba Azam is sort of in the the big the big four of batsmen. But mm. Kane Williamson, he really can't argue. He's been the he's been the best batter in the world at times, and he's just always scoring hundreds. Yeah, another one who stepped up for them was Daryl Mitchell, who's um, kind of a very solid all format player. Have you seen much of him? Yeah, he bowls as well. A little yeah, bit. bowls a little seamers yeah. as well. So a good player, you know, really good fielder as well. So a classic kind of New Zealand Kiwi cricketer, really yeah. like three dimensional son. I think he's the son of a rugby player as well. Yeah, so yeah, um, former England Kiwi. defence coach. Yeah, exa- so, yeah. exactly. Um, okay, other um, test uh, action around the world. The big series really has been uh, uh, um, the, the the series between India and Australia, which India have won 2-1. But, you know, I think generally regarded as a pretty, despite some ups and downs, as a pretty solid performance by Australia to get something out of that. Boys, have you, have you been watching much of this yeah, one? Yeah, I was really impressed by Australia. Posting a score of 480 on a, on a wicket where they got absolutely hammered. Yeah. The first yeah, absolutely. And then to pull out 480 with Usman Khawaja 180 and then Cam Green with 114. Yeah, and I mean, boys, I guess for this is this oh, do we reckon this could be the kind of real awakening of Cam Green being that yeah. kind of superstar test all rounder? I yeah. think we could all I think we all back him to be really. He's growing in some I think Cam Green is uh, he's a really class player. He's a sound fourth zoomer option. He's Sort of, he's got the potential of a young Ben Stokes, but you kind of feel he's sort of matured a bit younger. Ben Stokes sort of took until mm. Um, mm. his incident in 2017 to really become the player that he he can bat bat like he knows that he could. But Cam Green is really looking to become one of Australia's greats. Yeah, and I think for Cam Green, the thing about him is is he's a genuine top six batsman. I mean, people talk about the importance of having all rounders in teams, but what that the the reality is the most important all rounders are people who can bat in the top order, and there are many people who can bowl and basically bat a bit. You know, you're sort of Chris Wokes is, uh, I don't know, but but people who can genuinely get picked in a side to bat and then also offer like legitimate test match bowling, and that is definitely what Cam Green can do. So definitely potential there. I mean, Usman Khawaja is continuing an amazing run of form. Uh, uh, Ranak is a fellow left-handed batsman. What do you make of Usman Khawaja? Are you a fan of him? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I remember it was like 2018, 2019. He was dropped and yeah. and he was in the best point um, of his career. And then to come back, I think in like 2021 or 2020, it was it was a monumental effort by him. And I guess he's showing his class now. So yeah, mm. it's a class player to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what are we going to talk about next? Quick word about South Africa, West Indies. Hugh, did you watch much of this? Um, I can't say I watched loads. I saw uh, Shiv Shandapal's son. Um, Tajena Ryan Chandapal, yeah. he's been yeah. batting really well. But, I've yeah, there's been too much cricket on. So, Kingsley, have you been watching it? Yeah, I've been looking at it. I've been actually very happy with how they performed as 
as a South African. Yeah, you, you, I, I was going to say, Kingsley, are you a bit of a South African fan? Yes. Or? I'd yeah. be very happy with Bavuma now being selected as their test captain for him to post a score of 172. Yeah, it's a huge moment so. for him, right? Yeah. They've got Markram coming in with the 96. Tony Dezorzi. I haven't seen him much, but I saw him in the Australia series, I think. Yeah. And I thought he was quite a good player. Yeah. So he showed his class there. They came back a bit with Jason Holder getting 81, which I was quite surprised by. As him, I thought him being more of like a bowler kind of yeah. player. Yeah. Uh, Kahisa Rabada, two for 19. Yeah. A little bit below standards. But. Well, no, what, what was interesting, I mean, is in that first test at Centurion, I think you went all out pace. You had um, uh, Enric Norkia and... Yeah. Uh, what do you make of him as a bowler? I, I actually love him. He just tries yeah. to blow off people out of the ground. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? He's a proper, yeah. he's a proper fast bowler. I wouldn't really want to face him. No, no, I'm not sure any any of us would. Um, but then in the second test, they picked two spinners. They picked Simon Harmer and Maharaj. and Keshav Maharaj. Yeah. So it shows, doesn't it, that this Sri Lankan team has got some potential to be more adaptable, maybe. South African team. Sorry, South yeah. African, yeah. South African team has potential yeah. to be more adaptable and maybe you know even go to India perhaps and like yeah. you know with those two spinners those are probably two of the mm. the best spinners going around the world yeah definitely um finally England I mean we've had a really busy oh. winter right oh well, go on Kingsley what are you gonna to say Bangladesh. yeah I mean Bangladesh. And, and sort of these one dayers and 2020s against Bangladesh do feel like a bit of an afterthought but I guess we have to we have to be critical don't we I mean yeah, you what, should be winning that yeah we should be winning that should we I mean is it I mean are we am I giving Bangladesh too much credit in saying that is quite still quite a tough place to go and win 2020s or I just, no no, our, the England team should be. We have so much variation in our bowling. We've got Archer, Pace yeah. Man, yeah. Jordan, lots of variation. We have Ahmed with it, and him and his like also spin. Leg, leg yeah. spin, yeah. Leg spin, yeah. We've got Butler, Duckett, Milan, mm. Salt. We just the top five batsmen and our top four bowlers shouldn't be giving away that many runs. I think. Dr. Pullen, you sort of pointed out the issue. It's an afterthought, and there's been a lot of criticism that England are kind of treating lots of these bilateral series as sort of a yeah we'll just take some players out like this this is in no way England's 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 best 2020 side it just shows there is probably too much cricket going on in the world and England should be treating series with respect like a few years ago when Owen Morgan was in charge at the start and they were trying to start their white ball dynasty all the best players would be playing in every series and I understand players need to have a rest but this yeah England really shouldn't be treating series like this as an experiment. They, they need to be going places to win because that's what mm. people want to watch. They should have got someone like Mark Wood, I think, in as well. Mm. Uh, especially in a place like that where it doesn't offer a lot. Yeah, beat them through with pace through Just the air, pace, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, Bangladesh. I mean, you look through their top, their side, it's, it's got some good players in there, obviously. You know, Shaki Hassan has been around for ages now, is a great all-rounder. But, yeah, you are right, Kingsley, in that on paper... You know, none of these guys are getting the massive IPL deals that those England boys... Sam Curran, especially. Yeah, yeah, that those England boys will be getting. Do we? Is there a 2020 World Cup this year? or um, it's, the, it's the 50 over World Cup. 50 over World Cup, yeah. Um, should we just have a little one, just to finish off, boys, should we just have one think about that? I mean, um, can we look past England for that? Is it, is it in India? Or? Yeah. 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 In India, so I that will... It'll be in India and Australia. You think it'll be an yeah. India-Australia yeah. final? Mm. The conditions okay. will be too foreign for England, I think. Really? Yeah. That's I interesting. Just... Ranak, what is, what's your take on it? Well, I mean, 
Uh, I support Sri Lanka. Yeah, so I don't. I mean, it, the, the conditions aren't a lot different. It is a subcontinent, yeah. after all. But um, yeah, I mean, you can't ever look past India. You can't even look past England. I mean, they have when it comes to the World Cup, they take it seriously, and yeah. I'm sure they'll they'll pull something out. Um, but yeah, I hope Sri Lanka get gets somewhere and improves from the last one. Yeah, I mean, just on that though, do you, like genuinely, I know you're a Sri Lankan fan, but yeah. do you think you have enough dynamic batsmen <laughs> to win to even compete in a modern day? Yeah, World yeah, Cup? no, that d- 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 I don't think so at the moment. Yeah. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I feel like the the top three, top four, are a bit bit too hard to beat at the moment. Yeah, but yeah, hopefully in the future. Okay, well, yeah, I think you know India at home is going to be tough. You know, South Africa. They're not. They don't have a great World Cup record. They have a very good record of getting to semi-finals and stuff. Kingsley, do you have any? I think because obviously last World Cup, yeah. I think our team was a bit confused yeah. in how we played. Okay. I watched a lot of the games. The yeah. the short ball ploy, yeah. smash. But I yeah. think with this time we have Nokia also bowls absolutely like rockets coming down with Rabada. So yeah. you have probably some of the best bowlers, fastest yeah. bowlers in the world. You got Maharaj, obviously, and you Shamsi, got, I guess. In, Shamsi on the day, yeah. Like in England, I think the last T Twenty series or ODI series, he picked up like four wickets, yeah. Along the way, a few, a few of those, and then we got Quinton de Kock, who's yeah, a bit out of form, but he can pick that on up. His day quickly. is phenomenal. Van der Dussen. Van der Dussen is quite old school, but but he's yeah. averaging seventy Please in ODIs. Not. I think South Africa yeah. really do have a chance. Mark so. as well. Yeah. I think this is South Africa's best chance in quite a while. Because David he, Miller. They have, yeah. they have the spinners, they have the dynamic yeah. batsmen who've been to the IPL. I've, I think yeah. that South Africa, this this is probably the one for them. Yeah. Hugh, who are you backing to win that World Cup? Um, India are at home, they've got the support behind them, so mm. you'd probably have to go for them. But it'd be great to see Pakistan get quite good, especially yeah. in India. Pakistan-India final would be incredible, but I, I'm also backing South Africa. Yeah. But I, I don't think this is the one for England. All right, gentlemen, and on that note, we'll probably call it there. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Rannick, and thank you, Kingsley. Thank you, Hugh, for pushing the buttons all evening. Uh, That brings our show to an end. Guys, when when we're back in the summer, it's going to be the cricket season, so we're going to be talking even more cricket on this show. I'm going to get even more complaints uh, than I do at the moment. But uh, it's been a pleasure. I hope you've enjoyed listening to us. In the meantime, keep watching... uh, what keep what do I want to say? Keep watching, playing, playing, and most importantly, talking sport. Uh, that's all for now. I'll be back in a month or so's time. Have a good evening and goodbye.